Hello everybody, this is Andy Alfred, the host of All Andy Alfred, and you're listening to the program tonight on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. Tonight's show is a Falcon Friday edition, and on Facebook Live. Follow me on Facebook at Andy Alfred. And every Friday show is un- unedited, unrehearsed, and live. So you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. And following me on Facebook at AndyAlfred. So sit back, relax, and let's start the show. Guess who's back? AllAndyAlfred. The Rockets soar in Western Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan have a bye this week. So college football isn't going to be that great. But a lot of good games. As well as the NFL heads overseas to London. As the defending champions take on the Jaguars. And can the Lions beat the Seahawks? And possibly, just possibly, can the Browns finally get over the steel curtain? The Jackets struggle against Arizona, but get the job done against St. Louis. But it all doesn't matter. Because this weekend, hockey's back in Toledo. As this is all Andy Alford right here. On the Anchor Network, on this special Falcon Friday edition of the program. You're listening to me either on the plus, on, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning into the program. And let's start this thing off right. And I love you guys. And welcome in. To this Friday, Friday, Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alford. Of course, BG is on the bye this week. Yes, BG is on the bye this week. But yes, we are still doing the show every Friday. Of course, this week rocking the different colored orange polo tonight. Rocking the rusted orange logo tonight because, well, the Falcons were a little rusty last week against Ohio, but they will get back, hopefully back on the schneid this upcoming Tuesday as they take on Kent State. We'll preview that game on a special Monday edition of All Andy Offer, and I'll get to that here in just a second. But you are listening to me on the Anchor Network and on the plethora of platforms, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, Wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program tonight, as well as on Facebook Live tonight. Of course, every Friday show is a Facebook Live show. So, welcome to the program. I see Joanne is chiming in. Hi, how are you? And uh, open your questions and comments and concerns about sports this this upcoming Friday. A big weekend in sports, of course. College football, as we hit the midway point of college football season, we hit the midway point also for the NFL, as well as the start of the home season for the Toledo Wall. I will talk about that as well as much, much more. Like I said, you can always be a part of the show 
on face on Facebook Live and on Twitter at all Andy Elfer. So at all Andy Elfer. So welcome to the program. Let's dive right into it. And first and foremost, let's talk about last night. Of course, the University of Toledo in the Mid American Conference was on the prime time stage, folks. They were on the primetime stage. They took on the Western Michigan Broncos. And this game sets up to be possibly a preview for the Mac West. Now, Toledo's got to win out, and Eastern Michigan has to lose at least one game. Because Eastern Michigan holds the record over the University of Toledo. And TU last night shocked and beat Western Michigan by a score of 51 to 24. Nagani 10 for 28 for 140 yards, two TDs, no INTs in the game. Um he also went down with a injury in this game. Of course, this puts a lot of pressure now on Eli Peters and the University of Toledo offense now. Peters, a young kid, a sophomore this up this upcoming year. Ghani having a great season so far this year. Goes down with an arm injury right before the end of the first half. And I, I and I tell you, you know, when he threw that football, when he threw that football in the, at the beginning of the second half, at the end of the first half, I was shocked of how injured, you know, he threw it and then he went down immediately grabbing his arm. And Eli Peters comes into the game, comes into the game, takes a sack in the game, and then, and then he gets a 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer. Puts the Rockets into field goal range. They kick a field goal. They're up big. They just continue to roll. They beat Western Michigan 51-24. Like I said, Ghani had the great game. Kovac, 10 carries for 99 yards, one TD in the game. Cody Thompson, again, lighting it up. This kid's going to be playing on Sundays. I guarantee you that. And you heard it here first. Six catches for 63 yards. Three TDs in the game. Dave Johnson, four catches for 49 yards, one TD in the game. Uh, for Western Michigan, Elby, 23 for 28, 293, two TDs, no INTs in the game. Boren, 10 carries for 66 yards, one TD. Jordan Reed had six catches for 103 yards, two TDs. And Devin Harris, three catches for 42 yards, no TDs in the game. Breakdown looks like this. Toledo was 20 with 25 first downs. Western Michigan was 17. On third down, the University of Toledo was 2 for 9. Western Michigan 4 for 14. A total of 515 yards of total offense for the University of Toledo. Western Michigan 432. 247 through the air, 268 on the ground for the University of Toledo. And Western Michigan 307 through the air, 125 in the rush game. Penalties killed the Rockets again. Seven penalties for 56 yards. Western Michigan, eight penalties for 76 yards. Western Michigan turned the football over one time. And I see that Chris has chimed in with the TOL, of course, on this on this channel. And, Chris, your Rockets look really, really good. I give you credit on that. The Rockets look very, very good in the game against Western Michigan. Can they continue this momentum when they play Ball State? And with Nagani now injured, it looks like he's going to be done for the rest of the season with it with a shoulder. With a shoulder, I think Peters can lead this team into the right right direction. Can it be possible? We don't know. But the core group of Javé Johnson and Cody Thompson showed why 
they were the, one of the best one-two receiving cores in, for the University of Toledo. Absolutely. One of the best one-twos. And um, I give them credit. I give them credit for that. It was a great game. Another great game. Ball State absolutely destroyed Ohio. Ball State getting destroyed by Ohio. 52-14. to And then we had two top 25 play, two top 25 games. Western Michigan, uh, West Virginia, excuse me, the Mountaineers get a 58-14 win over the Baylor Bears. And then Appalachian State, the 25th ranked Appalachian State, goes down to Georgia Southern, 34-14. So now here is this, of course. Usually I hold off on my college football picks, but with the walleye starting this weekend and, co- and hockey starting off this weekend, that's going to be the final thing. We're going to start with college football tonight. Of course. And uh, I see some of the comments are coming in to Brian Bryant Kovac will be a will be better than Kareem Hunt. Uh, I yeah, I could see that. I could see that he could be playing on What do you feel about Cody Thompson? I think he could be a really somebody somebody's big star in the in the game. Yeah, Cody Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. But let's look at it. Weekend schedule in college football looks like this. Top 25 first. We have one game tonight. The 23rd ranked Utah taking on UCLA, the Bruins. I'm going to take the Bruins in this game. UCLA over Utah. Second ranked Clemson takes on Florida Florida State. I'm going to take Clemson in that one. Plain and simple. Big key SEC matchup. Ninth ranked Florida takes on the Georgia Bulldogs. Take Florida in that game. Oklahoma over Kansas State. I don't think Kansas State and Willie the Wildcat won't be helping them out. 21st ranked Southern Florida takes on Houston. I'll take South Florida in that game. 12th ranked Kentucky takes on Missouri. I'll take Kentucky in the game. 15th ranked Wisconsin. Uh, excuse, 15th ranked Washington takes on Cal. I'll take Washington in the game. 16th ranked Texas A&M takes on Mississippi State. I will take the Aggies in the game. 14th ranked Washington State battles 24th ranked Stanford. I will take Washington State in the game. 22nd ranked NC State takes on Syracuse. This is an upset right here. I'm taking Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange to beat to beat South to beat the Wildcats of the Wolfpack, excuse me, of North Carolina State. 6th ranked Texas will beat Oklahoma State. 19th ranked Oregon versus Arizona. I will take Oregon in the game. And then it sets up this 8 o'clock kickoff on on CBS. The Naval Academy battles the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in San Diego. Beautiful, sunny San Diego. It's no question. No question. I'm taking the Irish. The Irish all the way in this game. Taking Notre Dame in the game to beat the Navy. Looking at some of the Big Ten games. Indiana is taking on Minnesota. I'll take row the boat in Minnesota. Purdue, after the upsetting win, beating Ohio State last week. They'll take on the Michigan State Spartans. I will take Michigan State, who is bouncing back after the Michigan after the Michigan loss and all the fines and everything like that. I will take Michigan State to beat Purdue. That helps. That will help Michigan State out. If they beat Purdue, it sets up for in two weeks 
When Michigan State has to play Ohio State, that right there will determine. that Because Ohio State can beat. I mean, I mean Michigan can get beat out. Plain and simple, Michigan can beat, get beat out. God's country, Notre Dame. Here comes the Irish. I love it, Chris. Those fines are a joke. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always been a tradition at Michigan State to lock arms and walk across the field. It's your turf. It's your territory. Why in God's name do you have to throw the university a fine of $100,000? That's just chip change. That's going to mean some some poor sap like myself It's going to have to have his tuition raised because... Because one guy pushed another guy, and and then Michigan doesn't get fined by anything, but Michigan State does. I don't understand that. I really don't understand that. Didn't make much sense to me. Didn't make much sense to me why Michigan State was fined, was fined over the issue when Michigan wasn't even fined at all. Michigan was not fined, but Michigan State was fined $100,000 by the Big Ten. For the it for the off with the field issues, just give me a break. Give me an absolute break. And then it relaunches the rivalry back up. Apparently, it's Bush League in some books. When little brother's been beating your ass for the last three damn years, and you and you have the audacity, you have the nerve, the absolute nerve. The absolute nerve to challenge the culture, and every and you are absolutely right. The Big Ten only cares about Michigan and Ohio State and Wisconsin. Those three, those three teams. That's what they care about. They don't care about Michigan State. They don't care about Purdue. Hell, they don't care about Illinois. They don't care about Northwestern. They care about Indiana because only at basketball time. That's when they're only relevant. That's just plain and simple. But those three schools, that's the only three schools that the Big Ten only cares about. And you think it's not even Wisconsin, but you think about it. There's three teams in that conference, in, in, in the division in the conference that, you know, gets the most T V time. Wisconsin being one, Michigan two, and Ohio State three. Look at how many games Sunday, Saturday night primetime games Wisconsin has been in the last three years. They have been in. A, I can count them. I can count them on both my hands. How many games has Ohio State been on on primetime this season? This season they've been on three times on Saturday nights: the Penn State game, the TCU game, and the Purdue game. That's three right there. How many times has Michigan been on the primetime? Two times. Against Notre Dame and against uh, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin was on the prime time there. They were playing against Michigan. So, Wisconsin is one of the teams. Plain and simple. One of the teams. Uh, Penn State, I think, will beat Iowa. Illinois will beat Maryland. Eastern Michigan gets the win over Army. Central Michigan... Uh, gets the win over Akron, and BYU beats NIU in the game. So, like I said, BG on the bye. They have their game against Kent State this upcoming Tuesday night, 7.30 kickoff. 7.30 kickoff at the Doit. 
That game is also going to be on ESPNU, what we just found out today. So prime time, you know, but it's a small, it's a small channel from ESPN. They're not on the deuce. They're on, they're on ESPNU. And then you have tomorrow, then on Wednesday, the 31st on Halloween, the University of Toledo plays Ball State. So three games in 12 days for the University of Toledo. That's a tough schedule. That is an absolute tough schedule. To get your guys up for that game, it's 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 tough after playing Western Michigan. But you got a what they play Thursday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days, it's five days, five full days. Because you don't you count Saturday as them. Yeah. So he says so a win this Saturday for BGS. Yeah, BG doesn't play this week and they play Tuesday against Kent State. So BG will probably win this Tuesday against Kent State. Kent State is not that great of a team this year. Not that great this year. Yeah, and you're right. Make it an event make it an event again. You know, we've been in oversaturation. An oversaturation of, you know, of the game. But, you know, that's just me. Just me. I think, you know, this weekend is a light weekend in my opinion in college football. Nothing really too fancy this weekend. I think, yeah, keep dreaming my 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 tail. I think I think Bowling Green will get their first MAC win at the Doit this upcoming Tuesday because they play Kent State. I think that's a possibility, a strong possibility. But we'll see, we'll see. And, and you know, Polini has been, yeah, and that's that's why I was going to make mention. Baseball is taking more of a precedent because of this uh, this weekend. Because it being the World Series, because you're because Saturday is Game Four, of the World Series, and if Boston runs the table, Boston runs the table in the World Series against the Doyers, the Dodgers. You know, he's call my friend Terrence calling an upset. Florida State will defeat Clemson. I could see that, but I think Clemson's right there. I think Clemson's gonna win. I think more or less uh, the upset of the weekend, there's really not a true big upset. I look out for the Naval Academy a little bit, but you know it might be a competitive game against against Notre Dame in San Diego, so it's not in South Bend. I Florida State could be the upset game. That could be the one, but I, I wouldn't count out Florida beating Georgia. I wouldn't count that out because how bad Georgia is. I would count that out. It says time to end free agency and million dollar contracts. Two year deals would be fantastic instead of this long tenure, eight years, ten years, fifteen years. We'd be perfect. Well we'll see. We'll absolutely see. We'll absolutely see what happens. So a light weekend in college football. Light weekend in college football. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And if you're watching me tonight, thank you for tuning in as well, too. So let's dive into a little bit of the NFL. Yes. The teams go overseas. Yes. London games are back, of course. You know, I like the London games. It's great for the brand. It's great for the great for the for the teams and everything like that and for like like our 
boys overseas to get a chance to come on to London and watch watch the play and to experience put the game in a global spectrum. I love it. I absolutely love it. But am I I'm just sick and tired of it. I'll say it. I am just sick and tired of seeing it either be Jacksonville, uh Houston, uh bad teams, like low pit teams. Tennessee no, we got last week. We got Oakland and uh, uh, Oakland and Seattle. That was a good game. Seeing two dominant teams, but we're getting these low-level teams. You know, the Browns were there last year, a couple years ago. The Lions were there. You know, you don't see a Dallas. You don't see a New England. You don't see uh, you don't see a Pittsburgh. You don't see any of the big-name teams going across the pond. And playing in London. Except for this weekend. Because you had the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, headed into London to take on, of course, London's next team, I think, in my opinion, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But last night, Thursday night football, Houston was a winner 42-23 to over Miami. Osweiler, 21 for 37, 241. No touchdowns, one INT. He did catch one. From Danny and Amadola. So, and Amadola, five catches for 43 yards, no TDs in the game. Uh, Kendrick Drake, 12 carries for 58 yards, one TV. Devontae Parker, six catches for 131 yards, no TDs in the game. Sean Watson, 16 for 20, 239, five touchdowns, five air touchdowns, zero INTs in the game. Lamar Miller, 18 carries for 133, one TD in the game. Devontae Hopkins, Six catches for 82 yards, two TDs in the game. Will Fuller, five catches for 124 yards, one TD. He says, watch the refs all weekend for a revolt all weekend long. Exactly. So uh, here is my prediction. Houston has emerged as one of, as a favorite in the NFC South. Yeah, that's true. You're absolutely right, Taryn. It's absolutely, you're absolutely correct. They are becoming a one of the, one of the two. And for my opinion... It is just how bad that Indianapolis has been this year. And, you know, Tennessee hasn't been what we all thought they were going to be this year. I thought they were going to be a little bit higher than what they were expected. But just Houston, just coming on, I just I, I couldn't believe it. You know, and, and Watson's there. Watson's a good quarterback. I give him credit for that. I will give him absolutely credit for that. But here's the picks for this week. So uh, sit back. Here we go. Relax. Week 8, don't call your bookie on these picks. I'll tell you that much. I have Philadelphia taking on Jacksonville Jacksonville this weekend. I'll take Philly Philly in the game for that one. Carolina is hosting Baltimore. I'll take the Panthers in that one. In the Windy City, I have the Bears beating the Jets. Tampa Bay is in Cincinnati. This was a toss-up for me, but I'm going to take the Bengals in this game over Tampa Bay. I think after the overtime game last weekend... Last weekend against the Browns, I think Cincinnati will prevail and get the win over Tampa Bay. Kansas City is hosting Denver. I'll take Kansas City in the game. The G-Men will take on the Washington Football Club. I'll take the Giants in the game. Indianapolis is in Oakland to take on Chucky and the Raiders. I will take the Indianapolis Colts in the game. That's an upset right there. San Francisco is in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. I'll take San Fran in the game. The Caper on Fox this game week is Green Bay at the Rams. 
That is America's game of the week because the Cowboys aren't playing, of course. I'll take the Rams. I think the Rams are a better team this year. They're fantastic. They're absolutely doing a very good job out there in L.A. I'll take the Rams to beat the Packers. And then New England is in Buffalo on Monday night. I'll take New England in the game. And for you, Taryn, I'm taking Skull over New Orleans. I think the Vikings will, will continue their run. And they're really good this year. They're very, very good. I'm just worried about when when we play you guys, the Lions play you guys, because I, I just don't see it. I just don't see us win. My cousin has us winning the division. That's the kiss of death, in my opinion. This is the guy who said the Yankees were going to win it all this year. You're out of your mind. So it sets up for the local games. We'll start with the with the Lions. The Lions have Seattle at home, 1 o'clock kickoff. I'm going to take Detroit. I think Detroit's a better club this, this year. And with Russell Wilson, I don't see any... Any pieces that are that are tremendously better than Detroit, I think I'll take I'll definitely take Detroit in that. Cleveland is in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off of the bye this past week. The Browns coming off of a loss in overtime, looking for some retribution. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh in the game, taking the steel curtain. I think. Um, I think the after coming off the bye, I think they're fully healthy now. Roethlisberger is still intact. In I'm going to take the Steelers. So, Steelers over the Browns. So, yeah. Uh, I It's just for me, this week it's going to be interesting with the NFL because of the London situation. And then you have, you know, you have you have some good games. You absolutely have some good games. This weekend, a lot of division games, which I like. Um, you have Washington playing the Giants, Kansas City's in Denver. Yeah, and there Pittsburgh's about to hit the, hit a stride because they're playing some low-level teams, so they're going to start making their run because they already are making the run. So we'll see. We'll absolutely see. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight and watching all Andy Alford tonight right here. On the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, and so many more. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening tonight, thank you for tuning into the program. The Terrible Towel versus The Terrible. Yeah. At least my dad can get to watch the game. <laughs> get to watch the game because it's an AFC, AFC opponent. It'll be on CBS. So... We'll see. We'll absolutely see. So there's that for you. And I, I love it. The terrible towel versus the terrible. Absolutely. So um, let's dive a little bit more into uh, sports. And um, let's talk about the World Series. It's been fantastic, in my opinion. Constantly. La- uh, two nights ago, Game 2 was probably one of the best games I've seen so far of the World Series. Game 1 was much of a... A walk through Fenway Park for Boston. Boston was absolutely raking the Dodgers in the game. Kershaw looked absolutely flat. Mookie Betts looked fantastic. Stealing that base. He's getting me that taco, I'll tell you that much. Looking forward to that on the first. 
But yeah, the Dodgers losing to the Red Sox 8-4 to in Game 1. When I last left you, we were getting ready for Game 1 of the World Series. The Dodgers losing 8-4. to Kershaw, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with 11.27 ERA. And it's just one game in the World Series. But we'll see what happens. He might be pitching Game 5 if the Dodgers win either tonight or tomorrow. We'll see. As Barnes gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Matt Kemp homering. Eduardo Nunez also homering. And I wanted to make mention of this, too. And and, and I told you right. I tell you, and Chris, you're absolutely right. Game 1 went 3 hours and 52 minutes. 3 hours and 52 minutes. First pitch was at 8.09. You mean to tell me that you can't get these games started at... And that's part of my Andy rant. So, you know what? Let's dive right into it. Why in God's name are these games at 8 o'clock at night? I know it's a part of primetime TV. You want to promote the promote baseball. But for the love of God, baseball in the World Series back in the day was played in the afternoon. 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock games. 4 o'clock if you're pushing it for a late night start. Hell, when the Tigers were in the World Series, those games didn't start at 8 o'clock. No, they started at 4 because they didn't want to be out in the cold. Absolutely. They didn't want to be on the cold. And that's why Chris says it right. Games last way too long. Three hours and 52 minutes for a baseball game. Nobody can. And here's the thing. You want to promote the game for the kids. They do this big promotion about you can't bat flip. You can't do this. You can't do that. And the kids and the kids are in the background. These kids can't stay up that late and watch a full nine-inning baseball game. So and why in God's name do you have to put this game on at 8 o'clock at night, 8.09, and the game starts at 8.09, and it takes so damn long? Why in God's name do you have to play this game at 8 o'clock at night? It should be played at either 1 o'clock or 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. And yes, cut out the commercials. That's absolutely correct. Baseball was never done with commercials. We never had the long breakout of a almost two to three minute TV timeout because we had to listen to a commercial about about uh, 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 something stupid, you know. Put the game on the lo- put the game on local times, one o'clock, four o'clock, four o'clock would be even better. You're right. You're at bed at 8.30, and the first pitch is at 8.30. That doesn't make any sense. So if I was Mob Manfred, and I was the man, the, the governors, and I was the team owners, I would push for these games. I would push these games for an early start time. Hell, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, these games were played in the afternoon. Why in God's name do we have to play these games at 8 o'clock at night? And Taryn, you're absolutely right. There are too many damn pitching changes. It should be at least three to four pitching changes bearing an injury. That's what's taking it. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Two 30-second commercials between you. Exactly right. And the only time that you do a long commercial break is the fifth inning when they drag the field and clean the field off. Because that's a that's a rule in the major leagues. That's a rule in the minor leagues. That's a rule in baseball. You clean the field to make sure that it's an even playing surface through five innings. But I say it again. Why in God's name do we have to play these games at 8 o'clock at night? 
And now, you're playing these games in L.A. You know what that means. Drawing it out even longer now. These games are going to be done until about 12.15, 1 o'clock local time. Here in the East Coast. Because you're getting all the L.A. crowds. In my opinion, like I said, baseball should go back to the daytime games. Absolutely back to the daytime games. And playing the World Series during the day, not the night. Then then it'd be more popular for the kids. Because baseball is a dying sport for kids. They're all going to the NFL. They're all going they all want to play basketball. They all want to play football. They all want to play soccer. That's why you're seeing so many baseball diamonds disappearing. Kids don't want to play baseball anymore. The Zamboga to clean the field. Well, maybe. They should. Or or just the break to clean the field. You know, clean the spots at first and third and clean up maybe second base and, you know, that's it. And then you, this time of year, you're playing in Boston first and foremost. So you don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be cold. So why in God's name are you playing these games at 8 o'clock at night? You want a 1 or 4 o'clock start? Do they bring out bring out the Zamboni to cl- No, they do not bring out the Zamboni to clean the field, Chris. It's they It's not a John one of those John Deere's that you hook on and you clean up. No, it's somebody that's coming out with a broom and just cleaning the field. So make these games at five o'clock. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're hoping it snows. Luckily, you know, we're put play- they play game one and game two in Boston. If they were playing it this weekend, Forget it. Forget it. They wouldn't be playing because of that nor'easter that's hitting the East Coast. And that's going to play into a factor for all the NFL and the college football games this weekend. A lot of cold, a lot of wet, a lot of snow in some parts. But we'll see. So game three is tonight. It's getting ready to start right now. Porcello versus Bueller. Porcello 17-7 with a 4.28 ERA. Bueller... 8 and 5 with a 2.62 ERA. Tomorrow, Eldaldi getting the start for Boston. 6 and 7 with a 3.81 ERA. Rich Hill on the on the bump for the Dodgers. He's 11 and 5 with a 3.66 this year. 809 start times for the World Series this up for these games tonight, of course. And I'll, like I'll say it again, why in God's name are we playing these games at 8 o'clock at night here in here in the states? World Series games should be played at 1 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon so that the kids can get a chance to watch the games. Watch the games. Plain and simple. So why in God's name are we putting these games on? I don't know. I don't know. Give a wave to everybody out there. As you're watching and listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the 8.15 start time for Sunday's Game 5. Both teams have not yet named a starter for that one. So Chris wanted me to talk about this, and I'm going to talk about this right now. At the beginning of the show, he made a comment, and I want to, I want to bring it back here on the program as I scroll back here. Don't mind me here, folks. 
Don't mind my hand here. All right, he wanted me to talk about if Tortorella is getting out of Columbus. Now, first and foremost, calm down. Absolutely calm down. Last night's game proved that they're just they're just getting back on their feet. You know, last night's game was a better better game than Tuesday's game. And I want to get to that first before we get to last night's game. How can you lose to Arizona? Arizona is one of the worst NHL teams out there. How can you lose to Arizona? They can't even fill the building in job one center. You lose to Arizona. And it wasn't just uh, uh, 2-1. No, it was 4-1. Columbus was beaten by the Arizona Coyotes. You know, and I'm going to say this right now. We need to get rid of Alexander Wenberg right now. Dump his ass. Get rid of him. Plain and simple. He's inconsistent at the faceoff dot. He's lacking at center. He can't pass to save his life. Why in God's name are you putting him on the second line? You're putting him on the second line with Dubinsky. My God! Why in God's name are you playing this game? And Torts has given him chance after chance after chance after chance. In my opinion, there is no chance in hell that he should be starting. He should be in Cleveland with the rest of the monsters. I am sick. I am tired of terrible playing by him. The first line, Dubois, fantastic. Having a great year. And then after that, second line is Wimberg. Third line. Fourth line. So outside the number one line, which is with Panarin and Atkinson, which is giving you all the opportunities that the Jackets need. Outside Tim, number line, number one, Outside line one, you're not getting the opportunities. And for me, that's just... I, I, I just don't understand how this team... We're picked to win the Metro. Are you kidding me? We need some soul searching. And here's the thing. There is some problems within the team. I'm going to say it right now. There are problems within the Blue Jacket team. And that's scaring me. That is scaring me more than anything. Because of two people. Bob and Panarin. All free agents at the end of the year. And I will say it again. I said it last week. I will say it again this week. Again on the podcast. And I will say it here on Facebook Live. 
We need to get rid of Panarin. The bread's got to go. It's molded. It's got to go. Goaltending will win you championships. Especially a goaltender that this kid is in Sergei Bobrovsky. Vesna trophy contender every single year. Chris, you just need to stop right now. He writes on the thing, number one problem, Columbus doesn't deserve a franchise. You are wrong. You are wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. This team breathes, this city breathes this team now. Ohio State will always be number one. But the only true pro sports team in Columbus is the Jackets. Not the crew, the Jackets. And I will say it again, Columbus is struggling because of this whole Panera situation. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't know what's going to happen. And the fact that this guy is holding us up. He is really holding us up. And you know, in my opinion, if if Panarin goes, then Bob goes. And that's going to hurt us in the long run. That is really going to hurt us in the long run. Because I am, I am scared. Now, I'm going to say this. If, both, if Bob leaves, you have Corpus Salo that's in the net. And he's been doing a fantastic job. He moves to the number one position. Then you have the Dante who is in Cleveland. That's the number two guy. And you're right. Quebec deserves a franchise. You're right, Chris. They do deserve a franchise. But the thing is, it's not going to be Columbus. Columbus is so far invested into this this team. It's going to be... And here's the thing. You have Seattle going to get the franchise. They're going to get a franchise next season in the NHL. They're going to get the franchise. They're going to get a franchise. So now you have to do realignment again. You have to. So somebody from the West has to go to the East. The only person, the only team I could see going from the West to the East, and don't don't hate me for saying this. Is Nashville. I'm sorry, but that that that's the only fit. And then you do realignment. You have to do realignment. Because you can't have the imbalance. You can't have the imbalance of the Western Conference with 32 teams and the majority of it in the West. You can't. You really can't. No, you can't, you can't. And then if you have to, then you put the team a team in Quebec. There's rumors that they want another team in Toronto, which I, no, you could just take that theory and you move that out. But Quebec does does deserve another team. They deserve another chance. They have a big building. They have a building that seats twenty thousand. They were they've sold out for the the Canadiens games. In the exhibition. They were great during the World Cup of Hockey. So why not put a team in Quebec? And your your question, your thing about nationwide insurance being the only people invested in the Blue Jackets. 
you've got all the investment. You yes, nationwide is one of the big investments because it's the building. The arena is the building. That's that's one because it's so close to headquarters. That's one. You have the community support now in Kroger doing this. You have and the amount of money that they raised. I got an invitation today to save the date. I got an invitation. Doesn't cost me anything. I got an invitation today to go to the Cannonball in January. Chris writes on on Facebook Live tonight. He says, get rid of all the divisions in conference play and balance the schedule with the top 16 teams to make the playoffs. So you want to go back to the old format of Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Top eight teams make it. I like that. But I like this breakdown a lot better with the Atlantic Metro. It gives opportunity for at least two teams that are not in the divisions to make it. And you have teams like... You have teams like... um, that can have teams that are going to make... If you did it, one, one, two, three, it's all the division winners. So then you have four through eight that are just coin flips. You don't know who's going to be there. And I, I, I just don't like it. And, you know, if it was Eastern Conference, it would be more mostly Metropolitan Division teams with, with Pittsburgh and Washington and Columbus and Carolina now. Can't count out the Hurricanes. You can't count out and then you so there's there's four right there. There's four right there. Then you have Toronto, that's five. Boston, six. Nope. He says everybody plays twice. Once at home, once on the road. Top sixteen team. You have thirty. All right. Now that makes it makes it. I I I don't see it. I don't like that idea. I really don't. I'm just say that right now, Chris. I don't like that idea. You still have to play each other. You know, you're still playing each other twice, but you're playing your divisional opponents more than anything else, and that's what's the key. So, after what you just said, no, get rid of it. Let's talk a little bit more. Jackets were a winner though last night against St. Louis. They put up a shellacking on the Blues. The Blues were rolling over the Jackets until the Jackets turned it on in the second period. You had Duclair with two, two goals of the game. Safar with one. Anderson, Seth Jones, Jenner with two goals. The Jackets lighting up the Blues and winning 7-3. to three. Other games last night, Boston was a winner 3 to nothing over Philadelphia, Chicago, Beating up on the Rangers 4-1, to and the Rangers look absolutely horrendous. I feel bad for Marty Guthrie. Oh, Rangers look horrible. Buffalo was a winner 4-3 over Montreal. Can't get the job done over the Sabres, Chris? Nashville was a winner 4-3 over the Devils in overtime. Minnesota was a winner 4-1 over the Kings. And Anaheim loses to Dallas 5-2. Shorter schedules, no June playoffs. Yeah, I could see that. I can't see that. Cut down on the exhibition games. We play six exhibition games. Why do you need six? How about four?
Pittsburgh was a winner, 9-1 over Calgary. Washington won, Edmonton 4. Arizona was a winner, 4-1 over Vancouver. Games tonight, of course, Detroit is at home. They're taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Tampa Bay is in Las Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. I mean, excuse me, Las Vegas is in Tampa to take on the Lightning. San Jose is in Carolina, and Ottawa is in Colorado. Tomorrow's slate on Hockey Night in Canada looks like this. You have Winnipeg playing Toronto in Toronto. So it's a rematch of Wednesday night's game, which was fantastic to see. And it's great to see that they put Canadian teams on the American broadcast. Because there was no other good games on, on the NHL on Wednesday. The only true rivalry right now is Toronto versus Winnipeg. Lion A versus Matthews. Look it up. Fantastic. So tomorrow's Hockey Night in Canada games. Winnipeg's in, in Toronto. Montreal is in Boston. And the late game is Pittsburgh and Vancouver. The Jackets are in home tomorrow at Nationwide Arena. In a sold-out crowd. It's already been a sold-out crowd, Chris. They take on the Buffalo Sabres. 7 o'clock puck drop at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. But the big weekend that's happening this weekend, besides Ohio State playing Bowling Green at the Slater Ice House. And by the way, it was so great to see a great crowd on hand on Tuesday at BG for the Western Michigan game during the week. Great to see that. The people coming out to support this hockey team. And they're top 10 and top 15 in the country. Beating the 17th ranked Western Michigan Broncos. They get to play. They get to play Ohio State this weekend. Looking forward to this. Home and home. They're playing Ohio State tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop. 7.30 puck drop. So that game is underway as we speak right now. I don't have a score update for you here on Facebook Live and on on um, on the Anchor Network. But tomorrow at Slater Ice House in Bowling Green, Ohio State makes the trek up to Bowling Green. If you're not doing anything, you don't have tickets for for the clowns behind me, head to see some real hockey and see the Bowling Green Falcons take on the Ohio State Bob, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I almost said the Bobcats. I don't know why I almost going to say the Bobcats. I still got football in my mind. And by the way, Bowling Green has to win that football game this upcoming week because Carl Pellini is back. You know, Carl Pellini has a full week of practice in his helm. He had only five days to get ready for that team ready for for Ohio. He has now over a week and a half. If these guys aren't ready to play, we shall see. The Walleye are back home tomorrow night. They'll take on the Fort Wayne Comets. 7-15 puck drop. They play Fort Wayne tonight, 8 o'clock in the Allen County War Memorial. So we'll see what happens with that. But they were a winner last night, uh, uh, the uh, Wednesday night, over Cincinnati and Everett Fitzhugh's Cincinnati Cyclones by a score of 4-3. to three. Helsinki, Helsinki, the winner in overtime. Dylan Sadaway, his fourth of the year. Val hit scoring twice in the game. The Walleye out, being outshot by Cincinnati, 34-28. to 28. Both teams over in the power play. So we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, Jack, the 
Walleye, back in action tomorrow night. You see the hockey tradition that's behind me. The Gold Diggers, the Storm, and the futuristic Walleye hooks, of course. And that Walleye jersey, that, that Gold Digger jersey is a Walleye jersey. Exactly. And that's what Andy Rance is going to lead to tonight. For those of you who do not know, and do not know the Toledo hockey tradition, during the National Anthem, when we hit the middle, the end of the program, end of the song, you know, banner, yay, wave, the fans chant, hit somebody. It is the tradition that has been going back since, if Chris could remind me, if it's back towards the gold diggers or the storm days of that. I don't know, I don't remember off the top of my head. But, ever since that happened, it had to have been after 93 and 94. Ever since that day, they started chanting that. Toledo has not won a hockey championship. Yes, they shout, hit somebody during the National Anthem. It is the most disrespectful, in my opinion, the most disrespectful part of this of the song. You don't see this at all other NHL facilities. You don't see it in the NFL. You don't see it in Major League Baseball. You see this in, in minor league hockey. We're a better community than this. I know a tradition is a tradition. Saying hit somebody during the national anthem is in some people's eyes when I'm saying this is is I'm say, I, I'm I'm just like a criminal for it. <laughs> I love Chris. He loves. He says started with the storm when you were still a little kid running up the stairs and yell and I yelled you at you to walk and I was yell running up the stairs of course. But yeah, it started with the storm. And it, it for me, it's disrespectful. You're singing the national anthem, a pride of the of, of of this country, and you chant that. Ever since that's happened, the team has not won a championship. Ever since that started, so I call it the hit somebody curse. We need to stop that. We need to stop that altogether. If that ever does happen, if that ever does happen, then maybe, just maybe, we can win a championship. The curse was lifted back in 05 and 06 when the Mud Hens won the Governor's Cup. And that was the last true championship. Sports minor league professional sports championship in the city of Toledo. So my plea to walleye fans, to all walleye fans, and to all those that respect this country, please, please, do not say hit somebody during the national anthem this season. And just maybe we can end this curse and finally get a championship because we have had 
chances after chances after chances to make the championship. And we can't get over the hump. And it's a Toledo curse, in my opinion. The Mudhens have had it. The hockey teams have had it. The University of Toledo has had it. Can't win the big games, the big times. So, and really, it's probably all Ohio sports in general. The only exception to that was the the Cavs a few years ago. Finally made it over the hump to win a championship. We'll see. And Taryn is all over that for 10 cent beer. I was all over that too. Hell, 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 Taryn, go to you. You live in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Every Wednesday's Wednesday game in Cincinnati, it's dollar beer. Dollar beer. If I was in Cincinnati, I'd be buying a Wednesday night package all the time. But money bags, Joe Napoli, and the food service that he runs will never, ever. Ever do promotions for food. You will never see a 10 cent hot dog night. You will never see a 10 cent beer night. You will never see uh, what the what Cleveland does. With $1, $2, and $3. $1 pops, $2 hot dogs, $3 beers. You don't see that here. You don't see that here. So, why... What, <laughs> trust me, huh? Yeah, if he had, if he would do it, that he, you know, he'd be doling it out. I wish he'd do a dollar hot dog night. I wish he would do a th- the one two three combo, but he doesn't. He doesn't. All he wants to do is count the money. Do us a favor, Joe. Mister Moneybags, yes, Moneybags, Joe Napoli. And do us a favor and give us a food promotion for some of the sports that you own. You own Toledo Sports, Inc. I'm still waiting for the Bullfrogs to show up. You said they were going to come back after we refinalized the the AFL. And you're still selling the merchandise in the swamp shop. Yes, Chris, they are still selling Bullfrog stuff. In the swamp shop. At the garage sale last year. They had the arena football team. That was supposed to be in the Huntington Center. They were selling it. Oh he would never do that. He would never do that. He would never do $10 tickets. I wish he would do back. For when they do hockey heritage weekend. I wish they bring back storm prices. Like. Storm prices. Ten dollars for the low for the sides, for the back ends, like where we or eight dollars or five dollars or whatever it was on the ends. And then like in the middle sections, like ten dollars, and then at the glass twenty. Those would go in a heartbeat. Those would go in a heartbeat. Plain and simple. But we'll see. I doubt he will. It's all about the cash, the moolah. But yeah, we'll see. So you're listening and watching all Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network.
whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in to the program, as well as watching me tonight on Facebook Live. And speaking of Facebook Live, we will be doing a Facebook Live somewhere in downtown Toledo tomorrow night for the walleye opener. Yours truly is going to be in-house watching the game. Um, I have tickets, so I'm going to go. Um, I'd like to see what this club looks like for the first time this year. Um, so now apparently they're giving out towels with the 10. This is the 10 year. Hell, you're absolutely right, Chris. I forgot. With $10 tickets, why don't we do it? It's the 10th year of walleye hockey. Why don't we do $10 tickets? They're doing a special puck every game. And they're only they're only selling 75 pucks. Give me a break. So we are doing a Facebook Live tomorrow night for, from somewhere in downtown Toledo for the walleye game, of course. And, um, and then, of course, like I mentioned before at the beginning of the show, on Monday, we are having a special All Andy Alford getting you set for BG versus Kent State as we are now into Maction season. The Maction full fine. And we'll see. We'll absolutely see. I love it. Chris writes in. Maybe you could broadcast it from the Jumbotron over center. Oh, wait a minute. It's still empty up there. Still waiting. I would surprise that John Block hasn't hasn't purchased a scoreboard for the center ice. Especially now it's going to be more prevalent because of the All-Star game. Every building in the ECHL, excluding Wheeling, has a scoreboard over center ice. And Kalamazoo has the big one. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any damn sense. So yeah, we'll be on the air tomorrow. Um, don't know a time. I'll probably post it pre-time uh, pre we're putting the show, to, show on, but we'll be in downtown for that, of course. And then Sunday, uh, the NFL in action. Of course, I'll be watching some of the game, but I will also be taking part of Cedar Point's closing day, of course, the last day of the year that the park is open before they shut down for the season. I'll be there, of course. And then Monday, we will be doing this show live. It will be on. It will not be on Facebook Live, unfortunately. I'm sorry for those of you. But if you follow, subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button. And we'll be doing a show Monday to preview, recap the weekend, and preview the Bowling Green Kent State game as well as the Toledo Ball State game and so much more. So on that note, that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight. I hope you enjoyed the program. We're going to stick live right here on Facebook Live for just a little bit more to uh, you know, chat it up a little bit, continue the conversation. But uh, that's going to wrap it up on the Anchor Network programming side of the things. Until I talk to you guys on Monday for another edition of All Andy Alford, I'm Andy Alford saying... I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams that you root for at home, to my teams, the Blue Jackets. Go Jackets! Go Walleye. And go Falcons this weekend against Ohio State. Go Falcons in football. Go Lions. Go Vikings for you, Taryn. And go Browns. Victory is sweetest when you 
have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, possibly, on Facebook Live for another edition, of, for a brief edition of All Andy Alford. But until then, have a good night, everybody. Love you. Talk to you then.